welcome to Voices of CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders sponsored by Old Republic Shorty. I'm your host, Sal Marino, CFMA's Marketing and Content Manager. This month, I sit down with Cheryl Nagel. Cheryl is the CFO of Pacific Northern Environmental, the past president of CFMA's Puget Sound Chapter, and an author for CFMA's Content Hub. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Cheryl. Let's just jump right into it. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in your career? Sure. Um, I've been in construction accounting for over 30 years now. And I had graduated college when I, I had worked and went to college. And I graduated college when I was about 29. Um, I had worked for my family's business since I was 12. And my stepdad kicked me out and said, it's time for you to go get your own career. And it was a gift. He gave me a gift. It was very scary. But um, I applied for a job with an HVAC contractor and didn't know what HVAC meant. Funny story. <laughs> and um, we got the job. So started out as an AR collections manager, billing collections, and worked my way up um, to the controller of the service group. And then from there, the company got sold and I was moved into what was called an integrator position for the Northwest region. I'm out of Washington state. And they had in this sale, uh, it went public and they had sent me to Portland, Spokane, um, Idaho in Washington state was kind of my territory. And I went to those businesses and I integrated them into the um, HVAC company that I started with. And so I worked for them for about 10 years and the company went bankrupt and they sold. And one of the companies out of Redmond that I was working, that I had integrated all the processes to called me and said, uh, you tore us apart. I need you to put us back together. So I went to work for Sequoia Electric and worked there for the last 20 years. And um, recently I had an opportunity. I was heavily recruited to go to work for Pacific Northern Environmental out of Longview, Washington. And I've been here for about a year. We're an equity-owned company, and um, it's been a real step up for me. Very challenging, um, but it's been a step up for me. And throughout my entire career, I was part of CFMA. So I kind of full circle, quick synopsis of my history. I've been doing this for over 30 years, and I'm getting towards the end of my career, but I felt exhilarated and challenged every day of my career. I, I've always felt like... Um, Every day was different, and um, CFMA really gave me the resource to be able to come up with solutions to problems because that's what they provide for us in this in this industry for construction that, accounting. That's fantastic. Uh, did CFMA help you learn what HVAC stood for, or was that? Well, I learned that when I went in for the interview. That was a, that was my first test. Do you know what HVAC stands for? And I went no. Um, fortunately, I had a great mentor, and. Um, he was able to, it was McDonald Miller. Um, and they, he was able to, uh, Jim McDonald was our CFO. He was able to really mentor me through, um, my career and, and really gave me the first push to become a controller and then eventually become a CFO. So I owe a lot to him. I really do owe a lot to him and, and the people that I've worked with over the years. Did he push you towards CFMA or was that uh, different? Uh, the company was very um, driven towards uh, CFMA and I was a member uh, through that company for a long time. And then I left and I wasn't a member for a while. And then I rejoined CFMA and that's under my current leadership. So from there, um, 
you know, being part of Sequoia Electric, um, both union contractors out of Washington State. Um, my current position is non-union, but with that, um, I then joined the board of Puget Sound CFMA, and I was president for three years of the board. And to add to that, I became um, friends with the leadership of National CFMA, Kathy Wesner specifically, um, and I joined the peer group uh, committee for uh, national, and now I'm on the finance committee for national. So I'm no longer on the Puget Sound board because I don't live in Seattle. I live down in Longview, uh, but I am still actively involved through CFMA. That's fantastic. So our peer group applications just opened. They will be open until February 10th, 2023. Were you at the start of the CFMA peer group program? The first year it was started, I was not part of the peer group. I started on the second year. I was in peer group five. And fortunately, CFMA is flexible. The group I joined was mostly general contractors. And I am a specialty sub union. It was a non-union general contractor environment. So after my first year, I did change. And now I'm in peer group 22. So you can see how well it grew over a one-year period from five to 22. Um, but like I said, um, I've been heavily involved in the peer groups. I try to recruit other people into the peer groups because of the contacts that you make and the resources that are available to you. But through that, then I was asked to be on that national peer group board where we did a whole evaluation of um, the peer groups were getting to the point where the current um, spokes company, the, the people who lead them, um, couldn't do as many as they needed to. So we went out and did a RFP to many different CPA firms and was able to add another group to it as um, facilitator for our peer groups. So been involved in that. And then at the end of that period, which was, I think, a few years ago, it was during COVID. I want to say 2020, we did that evaluation. Um, there was a little to do at the end where I think I was on some sort of video that they had, why, why should people join a peer group? So I did a little bit of that um, right after the national group went through that RFP process. Great. And so what is your sales pitch when you try to recruit people into the peer groups? Well, first of all, CFMA is a very unique um, organization that um, targets professional um, CFOs, controllers, IT-related individuals that are directly related to construction industry. When you go to school, you don't go to school for construction accounting. You go to school for accounting, finance, business. Um, and many people, then there's the general membership and the associate membership. The general memberships are people who work for contractors. The associates are the relationship people, the banks, the bonding, the the, the vendors who support all of our um, contractors. And so through that process, um, I just, I we don't have a lot of resources out there in the industry that can help us problem solve. And by joining a peer group, what that does for you is it creates relationships where you can um, become friends with people across the United States um, and you can reach out to them. Hey, I've got this situation. Or what did you do? How was your renewal this year for insurance? Did you get a big increase? What are you seeing out there for cyber related incidences? Um, the best benefit I ever received from CFMA was during COVID and during the whole PPP process. And, you know, it it's just been, it was a very t unknown time where um, we were all in an isolated environment and CFMA really came to the table with um, 
educational tools online and brought those resources of CPA firms to the table to teach all of us contractors on how to proceed with, um, did we qualify for a PPP? If we did, how do we apply for it? Um, once you applied for it, how do you audit base yourself? What were all the different recommendations? And I received amazing resources through CFMA. And also at the same time was working with my peer group members um, what are you doing? How are you getting through this? Um, what do you, what's your interpretation of the CARES Act? And it was incredible. The amount of participation that CFMA was able to um, attract during that process um, where we could not connect on a one-to-one -one basis, but did so through Zoom, Teams, and whatever other type of social media connecting devices was um I couldn't have lived through that period without it. It was just, it was that connection I needed because I was just in a state of unknown and it was very scary times. And Washington state was one of the first that had the COVID um, deaths. It was right. I mean, the, the, the institution that they had attracted most attention to was five miles from where our office was located in Redmond. It was a um, elderly care facility. So our state, being a democratic state was shut down immediately. And so um, how to gain resources to deal with that and the financial resources behind that and the um, the partnership of all the associate members of coming to the to the to the need of the contractors teaching us how to navigate through the process. Um, I watched tons and tons of videos and I just, I, everybody was available for questions and answers. So it was amazing. And that's what CFMA does is they take a community that's a construction community and they bring us together. And then they put us on groups where we're able to build those relationships and they provide continuous education online. Um, each of the, um, the Puget Sound CFMA chapter, each chapter, um, the South Sound, the, the Spokane chapter, the Idaho chapter, um, they provide resources to their members and their associate members. Um, and, and that community and that network of membership throughout the United States, and I think they're even abroad, they might even be in Canada or abroad, but that opportunity to connect on that level, um, I think provided everybody in the construction world an opportunity to learn what we needed to during the biggest challenge of our lives, of our careers. You know, doing construction work is not hard. It's what's hard is the day-to-day -day understanding of the new laws and, and the new regulations and being in compliance and understanding FASB and GAP and everything related to our industry. So that's what I think CFMA does is it brings people together and it brings those resources to help us make better business decisions and lead our companies. And so that's why I think peer groups are so, so important. And I learn every day from talking with my peers because they always bring something to the table. Well, that is a great sales pitch for uh, peer groups. So everybody get your applications in by February 10th, 2023. So you can join this amazing program. Let's switch gears a little bit uh, to advice. Can you tell me the best advice you've ever received? You know, I was young once. I st I'm still young in my mind, but I was very young once. I was in my early 20s, and um, I was told by a very wise woman that 
in every situation, you know, there's to, to be a good leader, you have to have, you know, knowledge and, and high integrity and commitment to what you do. And you have to be competent, but you also have to have trust within yourself that um, you bring something to the table and it's not a one-sided relationship. And the one thing I say to young people who are starting their career and what was told to me was they need you just as much as you need them. I think when you start out in a career, you always feel like you're at the disadvantage, like, oh, they're so much smarter and they bring so much more and I need to be the studious student and keep my mouth shut and do what I'm told and not ask questions and don't challenge individuals. And I think when you come to the table and you are confident in what you know, I mean, we all can, can continuous learning is part of developing and growing. And, and I, I learn every day from people, but if you have enough um, character and competence and you can, you know, you have the knowledge to know what you're talking about, just know that being silent is not the answer. Asking good questions, providing informative information to help solve problems, working in a collaborative environment, you know, hold yourself high, be polite and respectful, be humble, but know that you do, everybody adds value. Everybody's a leader in different circumstances. And I try to tell everybody that they need you just as much as you need them. You need the job, but they can't do their job without you either. And so understanding that all relationships are two-sided. One doesn't, one person doesn't carry more weight than the other. It's, it's how you choose to develop that relationship that kind of builds the bank of trust or breaks the bank of trust, you know, but I think there's just a lot of young people who go and start their career and just feel very insecure and don't come into their own soon enough because they feel like it's their job to just be a sponge and not provide input and feedback. So it was a big turning point when somebody said that to me. I just always thought that as a young person, I didn't have very much power. And I think as a woman in construction, especially, I work with men all day long and it's been very tough. And it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I've just really, for the 30 years I've been in construction, I really had to work very hard to get into the role I'm in and to be respected and appreciated. And so it's a success, you know, that's where people all ultimately want to go, whether it's a man or a woman. But I think a female in a, in a construction industry is particularly hard. It's not the same as banking or finance. It's a very difficult industry to be a female in this business. Do you feel like it's, I mean, you've been there 30 years. Do you feel like it's getting better? I think it's, again, relationships are built on trust and knowledge and competency and I think when you work with a team and you make the people that you work with feel that you're supportive and appreciative, I think that's what changes the dynamics. And right. we're no longer men and women sitting at the table. We're a team. And I think if you're working with somebody who is used to just working with a bunch of men, I think you have to teach them that. I think it's always our responsibility to take the environment that we're in and to, to really strategically approach it in that situation, not everybody's gonna react the same. So know the person you're talking to, know the environment you're in, know when it's appropriate to talk, 
provide um, provide it in a way that isn't offensive or attacking, ask clarifying questions. And I think that's what develops that environment and relationship going forward. It took me a long time to learn that, long time. Sure. Um, there's a lot of leadership training that I've had to go through to get to where I'm at in my career. And um, I think that people who have not learned that, it's just the frustration. They felt left out. They felt unheard. And so they just don't understand that they're keep repeating the same process over and over again. And it's not getting them any further advance because they don't understand that you really, it's situational. Right. And it depends on who's in the room. Exactly. Well, fantastic advice that you've received and that you're giving to uh, younger people in the industry. Cheryl, it has been a pleasure to speak with you today. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? Um, throughout my career, uh, we don't do this alone. It's a team environment. You know, when I was president of the CFMA, Puget Sound CFMA group, what we did for our community, um, I met Cal Byers, who at the time was working for Lakeside Industries, and it was about suicide prevention and what we did for our community and how we brought our community together with the union contractors at the union hall. Um, it was a group effort. Now, it took a few people of knowledge to understand the concept and to be able to take that concept, as CFMA has done, to push that into the contractors themselves because we are a trade of um, high risk suicide um, candidates. But to be able to take a concept like that, I mean, it was a real learning curve for me to say, wow, this is how it works for suicide prevention. This works for everything we do. You know, it's a team effort and one person's not a hero. It takes all of us rowing in the same direction to cross the line of success. And you know, you, you constantly are working towards that line. You don't, you know, you might hit milestones, but there's always another goal ahead of you to achieve. And it's never something I do on my own. I have a great team and I have always in my career treated um, my staff as well as the leadership management team that I'm on as if they're my friends, as if I'm not better than them, as if I need their resources as well as they need my resources. Um, know your know your um, your business associates personally because it really helps you understand what motivates them. It's hard to have success without relationships, and relationships drive everything, and that's what builds trust. It doesn't mean that you don't have conflict. Conflict's an opportunity for success. In my opinion, it's two people coming together, coming up with a better idea. Um, it doesn't mean that um, I'm always right. It just means that when you bring a group of people together, the result of that collaboration is the result of our entire company's success. We can't do it without them. It's back to they need you just as much as you need them. It takes all of us to get this job done. And I tell people as well, life is not fair. You know, you look around and you say, why does that one person always, life is not fair. And it's a bit of a game. I'm not saying it's a manipulative game. It's a bit of a game. You have to play chess and you have to understand that to get to the goal, it's all of us getting there. Not one person will ever get there alone. So I think that's what people need to understand 
I think people who are individuals and come in and just try to do their own thing and leave at the end of the day, I don't, they're, they're never going to be at that top tier because it takes, um, you have to open yourself up. And this is what I try to teach the people I work with. Everybody's a leader that it's just right. at different circumstances that our leadership comes out. And you can be the person answering the phone and you could save the day because you had a very disgruntled employee. You could be, you know, the guy out at the job site who was the first responder um, for a disaster. It doesn't matter. It's it's how you approach that situation and how you overcome that situation that creates that leadership opportunity um, and bring in the team in to help you. So that's just kind of my approach to my success. And that's what I try to teach everybody that we're just human beings. We're all the same. We're all on the same playing field level. I just happen to do slightly different tasks than you do, but that doesn't mean that your tasks are less important than my tasks because I would never get to my tasks without you doing your part. So, and we need all kinds of people. Right. It couldn't work with five Cheryls. I think we would not get along. So the diversity <laughs> of people I think is what allows right. for success, you yes. know? And, and, and working together and making people feel appreciated and showing that appreciation. You know, I've worked with a lot of people over the years that just hammer you on what you're not doing good instead of recognizing you for all the good you've done. And that's the difference. And that's how I like to treat people is we still have a lot more to do, but congrats on what we've accomplished because I couldn't have done it without any of them. And they know that. So showing gratitude, being humble, you know, giving credit where credit is due. It's always a very important piece of who I am. And, and when one of my employees fails, I fail, you know, taking right. responsibility. Um, so that's just my approach. And I try to take that with me, not only in my work life, but my home life and my family and my kids. And I'm trying to teach and instill with them um, the same, the same philosophy. That's great. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sal, for having me. I appreciate that. CFMA, you know, I can't say enough about them. We wouldn't be where we are without them. I mean, they really are a community-based organization that helps everyone in the construction industry and brings people together. Well, we wouldn't be where we are without members like you. So we appreciate you and thank you as well. And thank you for listening to another episode of Voices of CFMA, sponsored by Old Republic Shorty. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe and share on social media. And if you're interested in learning more about the Construction Financial Management Association, check out cfma.org. I'm your host, Sal Marino, and I will see you next month. Thanks.